0: Hey, everybody. Ryan Ripley here, back from the Path to Agility conference. Had a great time. Koha puts on a wonderful event. Uh, If you get the chance in the future to go, highly recommend it. One of the things I was able to do was capture a number of one-on-one conversations with many of the keynote speakers and top Agilists in our community. So this episode of Agile for Humans is the first interview that we conducted with Jason Womack. He's the author of Get Momentum. It's a book about getting unstuck. So he has processes and thinking techniques that allow you to uh, start the project that's always been lingering in the back of your mind or to get through a situation that you just haven't quite been able to resolve. A very interesting guy gave a great keynote and uh, he and his wife Jody have put together a wonderful book in Get Momentum that just really teaches you how to start things when you're stuck. So I hope you enjoy this interview and see many of the parallels of these concepts back to uh, working on an Agile team, the individuals and interactions that make Agile work, and all of the things that we need to, to get past temporary impediments. So this is the first of a number of one-on-one interviews. I hope you enjoy them. Please leave me a note in the, in the show notes in the comment area. Let me know what you think, and perhaps we'll start doing more of these. But without further ado, here's Jason Womack, author of Get Momentum. Processes and tools dominate today's Agile discussions, but we are devoted to the individuals and interactions that make it work. From the beginner to the veteran practitioner, we have something for you. Welcome to Agile for Humans. All right, we are back with Agile for Humans at The Ohio State University at the Path to Agility Conference. We're talking to the Jason Womack. Who wrote the book called Get Momentum. That's right. A lot of these, I think we're done with the these. Jason, thank you so much for taking time out to talk with us today. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, and thank yous to you, Ryan, for what you do. And then everybody listening to these things, we know you have a choice. So thank you for hanging out with this cast.
0: Absolutely. So Jason, you're the the closing keynote at Path to Agility. You're going to teach us or talk to us about the state of being stuck and what to do about it. Can you go into that? You know, I, I normally would ask questions, but I, I love your message so much. I'd, I'd really rather you just tee it up and then we'll just tease it apart a little well, bit.
1: Well, I think it's totally appropriate, Ryan, because the title of the keynote is The Five Questions to Get You Started. And sure, we could go through the questions that Jody and I have come up with, but I would reflect on, actually, I'd ask everybody to reflect on a teacher, a coach, a mentor, a colleague, a former boss, a current boss, But there are people in our lives who have placed a well-crafted question that acted as a fork in the road. I'm just looking at you across the table. It's like I can see you reflecting back on a coach, a teacher, a mentor, a parent, somebody. And so I've spent, uh, as far as I can count, journaling and talking and asking about 39 years trying to figure out what makes the difference, Uh, and then and then you know how I'll start today's keynote. I was like, look at what if, what if the story is incomplete right what if what they've told us about how to achieve success about how to get better about how to be a better leader what if that's incomplete not wrong but if it is incomplete how do we put that puzzle together i got a nephew of mine who he is a master rubik's cube fixer uh down to less than a minute is his time right now and i'm looking at that going man he can put things together pretty quick so not with rubik's cube but with the brain i like to put things together
0: you're going through these steps, and as you're looking at um, people who are stuck, people who have bought into the, the traditional advice, and as you said, it's not bad, but perhaps it's incomplete. You know, what is it about these people that, is it, is, is it a lack of self-awareness? Is it a lack of you know, having that objective outside observer looking at what we're doing? Is it mental models that we're not breaking? What is it that you think that, that holds us back and, and keeps us from getting past that state of stuck?
1: You know, there's a couple that rush to my mind. Uh, One is, to your point, I don't know. Okay. So someone will say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I don't know. Um, I don't know where to go from here. Uh, Another one is, it's fine. Things are fine. I'll make do. I, uh, I left education. I was a high school teacher back in the 90s, and I left education when I realized there were too many colleagues I had who were retired in place, what we <laughs> called R.I.P., sure. uh, literally counting down the years till they could get to some place other than where they were. Um, I think the third one is, uh, so, so really, what's, what causes people to be stuck? They don't know what to do next. What they have is fine. The third one that I would put out there is something along the lines of, I've tried to change before. I've tried to take on this project before. And to each one of those, you know, my my response back is going to be the same. And I I borrowed it from a mentor of mine who said, he said, Jason, he says, what got you here won't get you there. And for anyone who was at the Path to Agility Conference, if you weren't, please check this morning's keynote um, on the future of change in technology. But Moore's Law up until 1980, Moore's Law since 1980, it's a different world. It's a totally different world. Well, with the upgrade to computer, with technology, what about upgrading our mind and how we work with that technology? So the book is called Get
0: Momentum. You wrote it uh, with your wife, Jodi. So what is that experience like? What is Uh, the the collaborative uh, creative process with your spouse?
1: Two answers to that question. The short one is, if she was here, she would say, Jason wrote the book and she deleted it. (laughs) So we we, we spent about a year working on that. Um, But really, she is the editor. She is the one who will take the five stories that I want to tell in a chapter and she'll say, pick the one and then let's dive in. The second part of that story is we actually met in college. uh, I'll date stamp this interview 23 years ago. (laughs) We were both undergrad students. We were in a history class. And what we realized is as colleagues in class, we were really good at editing each other's work without making it about the other person. Any leader, manager, anybody who's listening to this, The next time you have feedback for someone, the more you can make it about what they did and the more you can remove who they are, magic happens. So for 23 years, we've been practicing, how do I feed back on what this person did, on what she created, on what she published, not uh, basically attack the person?
0: Yeah, it feels like it's a a judgment-free assessment of work. It's essentially saying, this is what it is, this is what I think, and I still think you're a wonderful person, though. That's a, it's a great approach, and it's one that, even outside of writing a book, it, I'd imagine it makes marriages better and coworkers happier and, and bosses and employee that relationship stronger. So,
1: Well, you and I talked about it a little while ago regarding this whole aspect of what is the purpose of people coming together, what is the purpose of a team coming together, And I've subscribed for years to this philosophy. The only reason for me to be a friend to you, for me to be a husband to my wife, for me to be a son to my dad, is to help them become the best version of themselves. And that is what I'll talk about in the keynote today are these five questions that lead us to becoming the best version of ourselves. Great. Lots of things that unpack as I start to answer those questions. Uh, friends that I need to make, friends that I need to spend less time with, decisions I need to make, decisions I need to spin out of. But once we give ourselves that yeah. gift of our attention, it, it, again, magic can happen. So, again, the,
0: the title of the book, Get Momentum. Can you talk to us about, and I, and I think I know where this is going, but the power of momentum and how... You know, small wins build into big wins and and just what that does to a life and to changing a mindset over time.
1: You know, I tried to find an example that most people can relate to. So uh, I'll just look across the table. Uh, When's the last time you rode a bicycle?
0: Uh, It's been a few years.
1: Okay, so as you can remember and as some people remember even from childhood, it was easier to balance when the bicycle is moving than when it's standing still. True. If I'm sitting on a bicycle that's standing still, I have to do that kind of ballet dance. And you see people at red lights or stoplights are practicing this. But once I get that bicycle moving, it seems like it's easier to stay in balance. Now, there's good and bad to that because I can keep on moving. It's easy to stay in balance. But I might be heading north when I really should be heading south. Right. So when I think about momentum, I think the twofold area. One, in what direction am I heading and the second one is what destination am I heading toward? Sure. And where the X marks the spot is when someone has taken that time, opened up your journal, opened up a new Word document, whatever you use to think, and said, what is the direction I'm heading in? What will I allow? What would I not allow? And what is the destination that I'm heading toward? Iteratively, iteratively. Maybe on a quarterly basis, maybe on an annual basis. Sure.
0: So it sounds like we're really creating alignment between our goals, our intent and our behavior
1: I had a a teacher of mine she says Jason look in the mirror twice as much as you look out the window (laughs) and what I really appreciate about it is if I will study that man in the mirror or if Jody will study that woman in the mirror if I'll study that man in the mirror if I know what drives him if I know what excites him if I know what knocks him off balance and out of alignment well then I can look out at my world from a place of empathy from a place of understanding as opposed to looking out the window twice as much as looking into the mirror, which I see a lot of leaders still doing right now.
0: Sure. And it, it's really the skill of, of introspection, the ability to dig in and look. And it's also very scary. So when you're, you're coaching people, when you're, you're working with your friends to make them the best version, how do you get them through you know, that initial scary moment of like, wow, I just looked in and I don't like it? You know how do you how do you help them get uh, get past that if there is such a, a means to do so?
1: So it's, it's going to help if I can if I can balance myself on this question. So the first question we ask folks is, "What do you want to be known for?" What do you want to be known for? You know, I heard you talking about your daughter. Was it? Your, yep. Yeah. You're, yep. You know. And so, if, if you know, we're hanging out, having a beer together, going for a walk together, and I said, "Hey, as a dad, what do you want to be known for?" As a son, what do you want to be known for? As a community leader, what do you want to be known for? Oh, let's pop over to work. All right. As a leader, what do you want to be known for? As an employee. So when I'm working with a buddy specifically, and even with a client, which I've had clients turn into buddies, so that's kind of a cool <laughs> world that I live in, uh, I remind them. I remind them of when I saw them, them. When wow. I saw them, the dad that I know they want to be. When I saw them, the leader that I know is in their heart and their mind that they want to be. And we do a lot of journaling in my work. I'm a huge fan. Again, I'll age myself now, but I'm over 40. Sure. And we write a lot. Um, we, we, there's something that happens when I open up that notebook and I put pen to paper and I see words show up in my own handwriting My goal in writing, my goal in getting a client to write is I always want them to write words in an order that has never been in their handwriting before. What do you want to be known for? Give yourself the gift of that attention. Give yourself that that honor of being able to see that. And all of a sudden, well, I'll just tell you for me, it's so much easier to say no to things. Sure. A lot of people are saying, Jason, how do you say yes? You know, how do you decide what to do? How do you... I was like gosh, how to decide what to do is really easy. because as a husband, I want to be known as these things. As a triathlete, I want to be known as those things. And as an author, I want to be as known as those things. I can't do that one, that one, or that one. So you're setting guiding principles
0: for yourself and anchoring the feeling of meeting those principles within yourself. It's to know what that feels like, and if something is, is not within those principles or that help you be, help you get back to that anchored feeling, it's just a no. I think it's a wonderful framework to look at. I hope I haven't oversimplified it. but
1: Well, what showed up for me and what I hope is showing up for everyone listening to this is, and how do you do that? Right. All right. So everyone, in it, deep inside, they know what's right and wrong for them, for them. So the second question of momentum that we'll go through today is, whom can I learn from? So I'll look out at it, my world, I'll look out at it, my universe, and I'll say, who is either known as, or known for, who is known as something like what I think I'm heading toward, or who's an all-around great gal or guy that I could start to learn from? Now, sometimes it's a mentor, a teacher, a coach. Maybe it's a colleague or a coworker. but I'm just as likely to subscribe to someone's Twitter feed. I'm just as likely to subscribe to a magazine. Um decided years ago that I needed to be reading Harvard Business Review, not so much for the articles in Harvard, but I needed to understand Audie Ignatius's brain more. He's the editor of HBR. I needed to understand what made him pick the six to 10 articles that make it every month. And so the first article I read in every magazine that I subscribe to is a letter to the, from the editor, the letter to the readers. They're the arbiters. They're the ones that are deciding what I do and don't get to see.
0: Very cool. So adopting other models and filters from people and what they think is important and how does that relate back to us and can that benefit us and move us forward and wonderful ideas that uh, your book's just full, absolutely full of. I can't wait to get through it. Jason, you've graciously uh, given me a very nice signed copy with a great message. I'm very excited to get through this. Definitely stands out to me as one of the books that could really help people get through uh, whatever has them stuck and really Uh, become introspective if they don't have that skill in their toolbox. So I I really appreciate you, uh, first of all, presenting me a copy of this book. Can't thank you enough, but also joining us on this podcast. And so thank you for sharing this message. Thank you for helping people uh, the way you do. And uh, we know you're busy, so we'll let you get back to your activities. but, But just thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening
0: to Agile for Humans. Let's keep the conversation going. Drop us a question on Twitter at Agile for Humans or visit agileforhumans.com.